has fled to Germany, okay, for two weeks. So, Rick, the bachelor father, the man who's holding down the fort with multiple children, I'd like to welcome to you. He's not a guest. He's one of our favorites. Everybody, how about a warm welcome for Rick Vanetta. All right. Is it on? Oh, yeah, there we go. We're a little bit nervous about that mic. We didn't get that one tested out. All right. Yeah, so I must say uh, it's been nice that my wife gets to go to Germany, and uh, it's been a good time. Uh, But my mom has been there to help out, and uh, so she's been a real blessing uh, to us so that Mel could go to Germany and I could go uh, do the other job that I do and still work here. My plan was to take time off last week from the church, and you guys know how that goes. It didn't happen. But anyways... So we've been talking about rhythms, uh, different uh, rhythms that we need to have in the church and that we need to have as we're uh, looking to be a missional community. And this mic is broken, so it keeps moving and kind of odd. But anyways, uh, so one of the things that we're going to be looking at today is that we need to take time to rest. We need to take time to play. We need to take time to create. And when we do that with God... We're going to be looking to restore beauty in ways that reflect God to others. So the rhythm that we're talking about this week is rest. In the book, a lot of this is coming from the book Transformed uh, by Caesar. He's, uh, some, he's a guy that we've been reading quite a few books from. Uh, he says in this book, he says, So in the Transformed book, the guy tells a story of how he has a love-hate relationship with his garden. As he pulled weeds and replaced them with living plants, something started to shift in him. His heart softened. As his hands got dirty from the soil, he says he started to feel a part of something bigger and a greater purpose. As if he was connecting to the overarching restoration. Now that's not a word I would use, so that shows you that that came right out of the book. Overarching restoration of the things that God has promised to do in our world. Now, when I first read that, and I'm sure when some of you hear that, you probably said, I want to know what's in this mud that's got this guy thinking about all this stuff. You know, he's just planting plants, planting flowers, pulling weeds, and it's like all these things are coming together, right? So he began to wonder as he's working in his garden, was he a part of something larger, Was he a part of a larger purpose? He states it sure seemed like it. Then the Spirit reminded him that this is how he works within him. God pulls one weed at a time and replaces it with something new. He then began to think of all the people he knows with weeds and thorny, spiky parts of their personality and lives. And I'm sure each of us knows some people like that, right? And we might even be that person. I know sometimes to my wife, I'm that person. Sometimes to people around me, I might be that person. But I'm sure each of us know someone out there that is a little prickly. And uh, so, are there any, have any of you guys ever had any experiences where you're working on a project and then you begin to see a bigger picture? Now, I shared that story because for me, 
I had shared with you guys uh, a couple teachings ago about the anxiety that I deal with, the anxiety that I wrestle with. And so for me, uh, I don't garden, but I like to plant plants, and I, I really like perennials, so I'm not doing stuff every year, you know, and then just pull some weeds, put out some mulch. So, you know, I like to get out there and do that stuff, and when the yard looks good and my kids stay off of it, I'm a really happy guy, you know. Now, there is a funny story to that. I was taking care of my uh, flower beds one day, and the grass was looking really good. True Green had just been there, and uh, they had it looking really great. Well, I didn't realize I left my phone on, and I go out the door, and I'm yelling at the kids. And I'm like, get off the yard. Quit playing out there. And then I was like, what am I doing? The yard is for them, right? But I was like, this is my own little place where I find peace. You're, you're messing up where I find peace, you know? So each of us can have those places where we can experience God, whether it's at work. You know, wherever you are, you can find a place where you can experience something bigger. So as we start to look at rest, we need to look at uh, this as well. So we all have times where we feel like we have to earn our worth. Maybe there's some of you in here, uh, when you were growing up, your father or your mother always told you, you have to earn your worth. You have to work hard, you have to do this, and then you'll be worthy. If you are good at sports, then you'll be worthy of my praise. If you sucked at sports that day, maybe your dad looked at you and said, ah, you could have done better. And that's all he says. He doesn't bring out the positive. So some of us, we worked really hard so that we could hear our parents say, you're good, you know, or you do that at work. Some of us, uh, maybe we're looking for love, and so we work really hard to please someone to find love. Maybe there's someone that we want to be accepted by, so we're really working hard uh, to find acceptance. Uh, Also, some of us, might be working really hard to find value because we don't feel like we have much uh, value. But remember, uh, in the book of Exodus, in the beginning, God created us in his own image to be like him. Then the very next day, the first 24 hours of Adam and Eve, uh, they had a day off. They had a day to rest. Exodus 20 the fourth, ten commandment, the fourth Ten Commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. There's a whole paragraph that talks about this command that we need to remember the Sabbath and that we need to uh, practice what he is talking about here. But a lot of the other Ten Commandments are just simple sentences. And you would think these ones might need a little bit more explanation. But it just says, You should not steal, but we see a whole chapter for that we need to rest. So I think God knew that this is something that we were really going to have a problem with, and the other ones meant what they meant. Don't steal, right? Don't kill, don't murder. Seems like God knew you were going to want to work hard at earning and providing for ourselves. There's There's many of us in here, we work hard, and it's good to work hard, but we see ourselves as the provision and not Christ as the provision. He knew that we would uh, 
need reminded that we need to rest and that we need to trust in him each week. God created everything, including us, pronounced it good, and then rested and took a break. We need to, one of the reasons why we need to rest while we're at work, while we're out playing, while we're doing things, is because we need to enjoy what was just created. We need to enjoy what we just accomplished. How many of us have worked hard on projects, and as soon as we turned that project in, we were just handed another project, and we really didn't get to enjoy the project that we just accomplished? That's not what God intended. God wants us to uh, relax, okay? God created everything, including us. Um, sorry. So when, uh, when we don't rest, are we taking uh, this commandment seriously? If we're not um, taking it seriously, then I think that probably means we're just seeing that we need to rest, and it's just a suggestion. God's just saying, you know, you really should rest. And we just go, well, should we? And we're not really seeing why we need to rest. Why is it that when it comes to this command to rest and then work out of that restored understanding of who we are and who God is, we so easily blow it off. Do we get busy and forget? Do we doubt his goodness? And I added something to that this morning where I said, you know, I think some of us probably think to ourselves, Jesus isn't concerned with my little bit of life. He's not really concerned with what I'm doing. He's not really concerned with what I'm creating. He's not really concerned with what is going on in me. But that is so false. Christ is concerned about you. Christ does care about you. Do we not realize he is our provision? If some of us aren't taking time to rest in him, it's probably because we don't really see him as a provider. But a life with Christ offers us Sabbath and it offers us rest. On the cross, Jesus paid the ultimate price for us, giving us something we could never earn for ourselves. The forgiveness of sins, a restored relationship with the Father, and we can do nothing to earn it, and we can do nothing to add to it. Because of Jesus, we can rest today, we can rest every day, because it's a commandment that we need to rest. It's a provision that he's given to us that we need to take time to rest. When I was thinking about how to prep for this talk, because it is a very busy week for me. My wife is in Germany, and you guys know that I've been uh, bivocational now. So I work another job. I work at the church. I do stuff with the family. The kids had a lot of activities. If my mom wasn't there... They wouldn't have got to all of them. Uh, but, you know, so it's been very busy. And then John, then John tells me, oh, by the way, I'm going out of town, and I need you to speak on Sunday. And I'm going, I had planned on taking, you know, maybe 10 hours off from the church or something. And then it's like, okay, oh, we're going to put the sound system in this week, which for me it was really just talking out a lot of stuff with Eric, and those guys did the work. But it was just a crazy week, you know, it was just uh, very, very busy. But I decided that when I was going to do this talk, that I wasn't going to start working on this talk until Tuesday 
morning. Uh, Sunday, sometimes after church, if I knew I was going to speak, I might start prepping for the next week or prepping the week before. But I just said I'm not going to do that. On Monday, which is my semi-day off because I worked and break and then go back to work, I decided I'm not going to do anything on that day. And then Tuesday rolled around. And one of the advantages for working for the church, it's a great perk, is that I can work from home. And, I, and I'm at home, and I'm, I said, okay, it's time to dig into this teaching and to get busy. And I decided, I'm tired. I'm taking a nap. So I took a 27-minute power nap. And you might say, why 27 minutes? My wife always laughs at me. I don't like doing 30. I like to do odd numbers. Like, I'll be like, honey, can you wake me up at 5.53 in the morning? And she'll be like, oh. and that's 18 years of marriage. But I just like, I just like setting my alarm clocks for different, different times like that. So, anyways, I took a nap because the reason why I did that is because I knew that this week that I was talking about rest and that in rest, the type of rest that I'm talking about today is that we need to rest in Him. And out of that rest, we will receive the things that we need to be able to accomplish the work that the Father is putting in front of us. And that work can be all the different types of jobs that people do here, all the different types of play that people do here. Wherever you are, if you're rested, if you're filled up with God's power, you can take that into your motorcycle business. You can take that into your advertising business. You can take it into the chemical world, the banking world, insurance world. You know, all these different jobs that people do here, property management, Wherever you are, if you're rested with him, we can go and work and see good things accomplished. So, in this book, Transform, which we've been taking uh, these rhythms from, the rhythm that we're really going to look at is rest and create. In this book, they put them together and they make it recreate, okay? So, it's rest and create. We rest in what Jesus has completed, the work that he completed on our behalf. And then out of that, we create value and beauty in people and in the things that we do. So how do we practice this rhythm? We must learn when we practice this rhythm, they say in the book, to hit pause. Okay? If we're going to rest, sometimes even in the middle of a big project like I did this week, it's Tuesday and it's time to get cracking on the teaching because I had from nine until one and then the next day I had from nine until one to prepare this talk. The other days were filled with everything else that I had to do. And you know it's a busy week for me when I didn't get to watch a bunch of episodes of The Office, okay? <laughs> I'm in major withdrawal right now. I don't know what's going on, but I didn't really have time for that, okay? So we need to uh, rest in him. Um, so they combine these, to, and we can take this with us when we go to work and when we go to serve others. Without the need to earn God's approval, when we've rested in him and we really get a hold of who we are in him, 
we no longer have to go work because we're trying to get his approval. Because if we've rested in him, we will truly figure out who we are and what he has created us to be, where he's brought life to our life. Um, sometimes this will be short periods of time, like when you're walking into, the, into work, into the gym, picking up the kids. The one thing that I like about is that they're talking about in this chapter of rest and create is they're not saying, if you truly want to rest in the Lord, you need to find a quiet place. You need to find your prayer closet. You need to grab your Bible and you got to get in there and you got to pray. And it really should be at least an hour, you know, and then you're really going to get rested and filled up. That's good. That's a good practice. If you can go somewhere and really find that time with the Lord. But this, what we're talking about, is just, it could be longer periods of time, but it can also be short moments of time before going to do things. Like for me, every morning I have a 23-minute drive from Hilliard to Westerville. And some mornings I spend it in silence, some mornings I spend it rocking out, and some mornings I spend it listening to a teaching or just uh, getting filled up or praying. But in those moments, I can get, you know, charged. Um, And one of the things I was saying about, you know, that it could be a short period of time. I have this thing that I've done for years, and I've never shared this with a group of people. And it's nothing big. But before any time when we traveled with the sports teams or any church that I've ever spoken in, I always find some corner of a room and... Uh, I'll kneel down and I'll pray before I go do what I'm going to do. Like this morning, I went, found a spot. I just kneeled down and prayed because I like to, uh, well, sometimes maybe I'm saying, Lord, did I really get the right thing here? Or could I get out of this? You know, but (laughs) no, normally it's just to say, God, this is what I've prepared. It's going to happen whether it's good or not, I'm going to do it, and I value everyone here, but the only person that I'm truly doing this for is him, right? And when I get to that place, then, you know, this out here is bonus, but we have to get to that place where, and so I do that so that I know whatever I'm doing, that it's unto him, and that I'm just saying, Lord, well, that old song that Adam Hurston loves so much, Jesus, take the wheel, right? It doesn't get much better than that, than that tune. You know, so I'm just saying, here you go, Lord. Do with it what you may. But can we also plan out more scheduled and intentional periods of time? Yes, we can. And in those times, we can recalibrate. We can become aware of God's presence. When we start to learn when we're resting to get a hold of God's presence, that's when we will go out and change people. That's when that rest begins to become create, okay? Uh, So when we stay in the rest mode during the day and the week, it's not not always easy. Sometimes it seems impossible, but if we can figure out how to do it and how to schedule it, it's much easier for us to live out of this rest and create but we've got to find that time whether it's short or longer periods of time Um, for many of us I know 
I know in this room there are schedulers. Like there are people here, they've got their schedule done. 2018, they're getting ready to work on 2019, okay? And that's just for kids' activities. Man, look at that schedule and go, you know what? Every seventh day, I'm throwing in a time to focus on God. Or every day, you know, an extended time. Every day, I'm going to throw in 30 seconds. And then increase it from there. You don't have to be religious about it. Just stay in His presence. I don't think God... Uh, intended us, uh, I think sometimes with some of our Christian practices, we get so uh, full of God that we become no earthly good. You know, everyone's heard that before, that, you know, we just get, you know, just such in a place of where we think we're this superhuman because we got there and we're just, we're no longer relevant to people. Um, And then we want to focus on Christ and be restored and renewed, renewed. The Israelites thought that the Sabbath was purely about working, about not working, but they missed the whole point. The reason God wanted people to stop doing stuff for a day in rhythm was so that they would be renewed and transformed by focusing on His work and His creative power. His intent was not that we would, be, would take a short break or even a day off from work, but ultimately that our hearts would be refocused on the gospel reality of who God is and what has been accomplished in Christ. <clears throat> so we can't let resting or recreating become something we do out of obligation. How many people know that the things that we do just purely out of obligation lack a lot of realness? They lack the luster. You know, when we're just doing it because we've got to do it, that's mainly falls in where we're trying to please people or we're just working for the man, right? We're just getting what the man wants done. And I lost my spot, but that's all right. So, uh, he's intent, his, uh, but God ultimately that our hearts would be refocused. So, uh, we can let resting or recreating become something we do, not out of obligation. We can't work harder at resting. So, this is a thing about resting. We're not going to be able to just rest if we say, I've got to do this, 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 okay? It's not something we can just force to happen. We must ask, this is how we must, this is how we must approach rest. It says we must ask God to cultivate the desire for recreation in our hearts by His Spirit. So if we want to learn to rest better and to create better, we need to look to God And ask him to show us how to cultivate that in our hearts. We shouldn't try this on our own and in our own strength. But we need to allow God to create it within us. You know, many times when when I practice rest and create or whatever I would call it. I've gotten up and done what I would believe was the worst possible job that I could do. But because I went the the right route and really was trying, God still used that word to touch people powerfully. And each of us, we can learn that, that this is a process. This is something that we're going to wrestle with at times. But if we're asking God, help me, Lord, to allow you to teach me to do kingdom work out of rest, and then out of that rest, going to you. 
And believe me, I am, you know, Mary and Martha. I'm more like Martha. I always want to be working. And I'm like, are you sitting down again? You know, it's like, come on, get up. But I have to remind myself, you know, it's okay to rest. It's okay to, uh, to, to not always be doing. The point of this rhythm isn't just to sit around and to veg out on mindless entertainment. Anyone in here that is a parent, we are very good at quickly picking out the mindless activities that our kids do, right? Like I, could, I can go boom, boom, boom. But then I forget that whenever I'm pointing at my kids, there's always fingers pointing back, right? Well, I've learned to point like this. <laughs> so that's not always true. But, uh, you know, we have to remember that you know, like I said, I'm just, I, these last couple of teachings, I'm just exposing my weaknesses, right? I realize that when we we're doing this teaching, and it's probably not going to, it ain't going to stop me anytime soon. I've already said it, but I love to watch The Office. I watch The Office on repeat, and I watch it, and sometimes I'm just watching it because it's mindless. I don't have to think about anything. I enjoy the jokes. They crack me up. I can't believe that, that there really are people out there like that, you know, that are that uh, silly. But then let's go a little bit farther. You know, there's a lot of mindless entertainment around the news. There's some of us that we watch so much news because we think that we just want to be up on what is going on. But really, we're just allowing ourselves to be mindlessly fed entertainment through the news and then the big one is sports, you know. How many of us just veg out on sports? You know, we just watch sports nonstop because it just allows us to disconnect and, you know, and do whatever we want to do. Whatever, so that brings me to this point is that whatever we call rest and relaxation, I think we can see through those points that they fall short of the type of rest and relaxation that we're talking about because a lot of times I'm tempted to just, my idea of rest and relaxation is, well, now that I'm not eating a lot of carbs, is, uh, you know, grabbing some eggs and bacon, grab a nice water, you know, and sit there in front of the TV and just veg out. And, uh, you know, veg- not vegan, but uh, guys that are doing keto, we love our um, uh, pork rinds. And people are like, how in the world are those healthy for you? I don't know if they're healthy for me, but the weight's coming off, so amen. I don't care. So, right? So we just eat those pork rinds and love them. But, uh, you know, so we gotta, we, we, we've got to acknowledge that each of us have places where we're not really um, resting. We're not going to get filled up to go conquer the world because we sat down and watched uh, mindless entertainment. Uh, how many of us would admit and acknowledge, and none of my kids are here this morning, so that's good, um, would acknowledge it's hard to serve others in our family when we're tired. When we're not rested, it's hard for us to serve our family. And if my kids were here, which they stayed home because I let them have a sleepover, um, while well, Layden's here, uh, j- I was going to say, just ask my kids. And then, and then I was like, no, please don't ask them. Because you know? just the other day, I realized I was tired, and I said something to them back, and it was over them. My kids, I don't know why my kids want to wear my jackets. I mean, have you looked at me and look at my kids? And I'm thinking, 
you're wearing my jacket? You know, it's huge, you know, and you're out there and sporting my jacket. So, yeah, but when we're tired and not rested, we say things to our kids that we regret. I, I have a lot of regrets of things I say to my kids when I'm not rested. If we're, rest, if we're not rested physically, emotionally, and spiritually, we're going to the most likely, we're going to most likely mess up serving others. Our motivations will be off, and we'll have every excuse in the book of why we can't serve people. Because when we're trying to serve people out of our own understanding, nothing will happen. And so we need to rest and allow God to fill our hearts. And as he does that, then we can serve others and we can love others the way that he would intend. So if we, de- if we don't take time to rest in him and fill up, we'll never be able to effectively love and serve others, showing them that God is big enough and that he's big enough for their families. There's a lot of people that we're trying to love that people may not see that God is big enough for their families. They may not see that God is big enough for their jobs. They may not see that God is big enough for their health challenges. There's a lot of people, many of us in this room, we have people that are facing really hard health situations. And if we're not filled up with God's love, it's hard to go to them and uh, show them that our God is big enough for whatever they're facing, you know. And I'm talking about going to them in, in grace, going to them in love, not just delivering a verse to them and saying, you know, this is what the verse says, and so you need to get right with the verse. Sometimes that's necessary, you know, but uh, it's us, you know, really working out of an action, working out of a fulfillment that Christ has given us through rest, being recreated and created to go out there. So, recreate can look different uh, for each of us, and it can, and it has to include playfulness. It has to include taking time to play with your family, taking time to play sports with friends. Um, I think sometimes when we think of kingdom work and we think of our family, we think, okay, I need to go serve and do this thing because it's, you know, like, um, I don't know, any project we might have going on here at the church and I might leave my kids at home. Well, sometimes I just have to say as a father, you know what, I'm going to go rest and play with my kids because God can take care of all this other stuff. But when we're, when we're getting to this point where we think, if I'm not there, that, I think that's more of a, a sign that we're not trusting in that God is the strength, right? And so we need to be okay with it. Sometimes we just need to pull away from whatever we're doing and go be with our families. I know, like, uh, over the weekend, there were several times where, you know, late or Lucas comes to me and wants to tell me about his video games. And uh, I play a video game and we don't see the same things, you know. Like I play a video game and I know it's a guy running around with a gun and uh, he's got a gun and the object is to uh, get the other team, you know. Well, he watches or plays a video game and he's like, well, did you know that this guy's name is this and that his story is this and that this is where he came from and this is what he's about and blah, blah, blah. And he just goes into this whole thing because we're just two different people. And I really wanted to prep, finish prepping for my talk, but I realized that it's more valuable and that if I sit there and listen to my kid, that God is going to allow me to come right back to what I was doing 
and probably actually show me something that I didn't see before. Because when I step away from this, I'm trusting him and saying to my child, you are important and I want to be with you right now. And also, we need to remember that, you know, God gave us our children, right? And so he wants us to spend time with them and be with them. Um, For some of us, we will experience, we really will experience this at work. Uh, Last week, I got the opportunity to, uh, I don't do it that often, but I got the opportunity to take uh, a girl in Westerville that uh, is in this uh, uh, handicapped chair. And it's a very difficult chair to operate. And uh, so they had to send like three people to operate this chair. But I got to transport her. And so I have to buckle her in and do all this stuff. But this girl, I have never been around someone that just laughed, laughed. I mean, she was laughing the whole time that we're buckling her in and they're telling her jokes. And I mean, she was just, you know, this brilliant young lady that just happens to be, you know, stuck to this chair. And that's where her life is. But as we came around here, I walked away from that experience at work going, I'm so thankful that today I, was, I wasn't a blessing to her because I strapped her in to a seatbelt and got her from point A to point B. But she was a blessing to me because of the joy of just working with her for a few minutes and seeing the life that she has. And many of us, if we were in the same situation, we may not have the same life. But she was just so full of life and funny, and it was just, it was good. And so this this kind of stuff, this rest and create, because uh, in between routes and in between runs, I was, I get to work on stuff too. But anyways, um, the other thing is, uh, you know, what are you doing? You know, we've already talked about this, you know. I do encourage you guys that like to, uh, to work in the yard to think about that the next time that you're working in the yard, that this isn't just um, an activity that you're doing, but it could, it could become something more. Uh, I think he goes on later in the book to talk about, as he began to work on his yard, neighbors began to approach him because they wanted to know what he was doing with his yard. And so as he was as he was finding rest and feeling like he was a part of a bigger picture and taking dead plants and planting live plants and doing stuff, his front yard became a resting place for his neighbors. Like he had one neighbor that said, you know, I think I'm going to drink my morning coffee in front of your flower beds. Now, when I read that, I go, I hope his lawn chair doesn't mess up my grass, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) so because God hadn't healed that part of my my heart yet, right? It's a journey. But, you know, so we need to think about these things that there are little things that we're doing that God can really open up if we rest and then out of that create. So, um, Jesus said, we'll close with this. Um, Jesus said in uh, John fifteen five, he said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need new hearts, we need new rhythms that remind us and help others to see that our God is worthy and cannot be trusted. Walking out this rhythm and learning to recreate throughout the week can help us to make this a way of life. So in your program, I gave you guys 
a few things, a few takeaways, some questions to ask yourself uh, this week. If you didn't get one, uh, I have some back on the, uh, on the sound booth uh, that you guys can get before you leave. But there are just a few questions that you can ask yourself uh, this week and apply. And so I'll just go through them quickly. Uh, one of the questions that you can be thinking about and use for applications is, how conditioned are you to believe the do to be lie? Do you feel like you are on a treadmill at times? Do you find it hard to rest and truly let down and be? Why? What are the most restful and restorative activities in your life? Could they become a rhythm or a pattern? In what ways are these restorative things a picture of the way God originally created? And I spelled that wrong. Uh, <laughs> which that's normal for me. Um, the, <laughs> the world and people to be. And then as you read those, maybe just do one a day. Maybe take one of those questions and look at it and say, God, how can I apply this uh, to my life and pray? And then just remember that scripture there. If you remain in me and I in you, you will be much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, um, is there anyone here this morning? Let's, let's just stand up and we'll pray. And if there's anyone here, we're going to open up the, the altar for people to come and uh, get prayer. So, uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you uh, for today, God. Lord, I, I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that people would take uh, some of what